Hi, this is Doc Jones, the resource investor. I'm here talking with Jason Kozik, the CEO of Millennium Precious Metals, a Nevada-based gold exploration and development company. It's a hybrid model. They they already have a a resource of over 1.2 million ounces uh, globally uh, across their projects in Nevada, which is all oxide, uh, heap leachable, which is uh, very economic. Um, we're going to talk today about, about the projects at hand and the upcoming news and try to clarify to investors what the, um, the value proposition is here. Because there is a misconception in the market that grade is king. Uh, that's a misnomer. It's actually grade, uh, depth, metallurgy, uh, as well as uh, mining width that, that, you know, in the end, uh, it's margin that matters. Uh, and uh, this company will be able to generate significant margin, margins, uh, in my opinion, um, especially with these projects and the expansion potentials they have. My thesis is that uh, in a short amount of time, they will have upgraded the inferred, some of the inferred resources to indicated as well as grown uh, both of their flagship properties uh, to combine over 2 million ounces of oxide, which in itself would justify a market cap of over $250 million because of the high margin potential of these projects, um, as well as uh, the lo- location and the extremely low strip ratio. Like their main project that has uh, using a $1,700 gold, $1,700 gold is over uh, 800,000 ounces at a strip ratio of 018 Basically, everything that comes out of the ground is ore and has value. Uh, it's it's a, a very exciting, exciting company, in my opinion. I, I love these type of operations because of their extremely low capex and very simple metallurgy. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Jason. Hi, Jason. How are you? Good and yourself, Doug Jones. Thanks for taking the time uh, to do this chat with me. Oh, uh, I appreciate it. The, the honor is mine. It's, it's always a pleasure to be able to talk to the people who are leading uh, one of my uh, portfolio companies. Um, so um, for those who don't know the company, would you mind giving us a, a little overview uh, of the company and, and its assets? For sure. Um, the way we started is, is I'm part of the Talisker group. So we did, used to do all the technical due diligence for Cisco related companies. And why we built this is we were looking at assets and trying to get a toehold in the United States. So primarily looking at assets in Idaho, Utah, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, avoiding Montana, Wyoming, California for permitting reasons. Yeah. We did over 337 desktop reviews, wow. 47 site visits to select these assets. So it wasn't, you know, these are assets that haven't been in the public markets for over a decade. Um, and they were hand selected for a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned in the introduction. You know, margin. The cost for discoverable ounce is something people always forget. Mm. Um, you know, these are low sulfidation epithermals. Um, so what we were doing and part of our asset selection criteria was having clear visibility that each asset could go over a million ounces of oxide, that the oxides had good leach kinetics, that they had a low strip ratio, and also that the sulfides had good leach kinetics. One of the things you got to remember in Nevada is that a lot of the sulfides are refractory. So the, the gold is encapsulated. Yeah, right. And you need access to a roaster then, basically. And there's only, what, one? And if the major doesn't want to work with you, then your project is dead. 
you're exactly right. So there's about a 10-year lineup for autoplay. Okay? Yeah. So basically, if you got refractory, this, forget it. So when we were looking at assets, those were kind of the things. And, and like I mentioned, the cost for discoverable ounce is extremely important. Okay, so to put it in perspective for, for listeners out there is that orogenic systems, so vein systems, the cost for a million dollars to drill it off is around 35 to $40 million. Right. So it's a huge amount of dilution before you even put it into production. Right. For low elevation epithermals that are right at surface like this, it's five to seven. Yeah. CapEx for these things are a hundred million bucks. Whereas orogenic systems are 500. Right. Right. There's huge differences. And as the largest shareholder, I'm at 7.9%. I put over half a million dollars of my own money other than Eric Sprite. I'm, I'm, I'm the largest. I'm very cognizant of getting di- diluted to oblivion because, you know, at 34, I don't have much dry power left. Yeah. You so, know, that, 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 that's a really good point because if you look at the share structure for, for a new company, I noticed you came public without a huge overhang of warrants or options. Uh, there's uh, like less than 10 million warrants, less than 5 million options, basically. So uh, it's very tight in that regard. So uh, any, any kind of uh, a news event, you're not going to get um, this liquidity event that's going to suppress the stock upon success. And that's, uh, it's very smart. Yeah, you know, I, I hate warrants. The only warrants that are on this thing, warrants are an overhang, we all know that. Yeah. Um, I don't like them. They're for companies that are desperate, usually. Um, uh, the only warrants are there are broker warrants associated with the 50 cent uh, sub receipt financing and the only options that are there are all management options right so purposely done, built like that um you know the share structure is very tight uh, with massive institutions owning 50 percent of the stock and you don't like you don't see franklin templeton merck vescor century commonly on companies sub 100 million dollar market cap and the yeah. reason why they do is because between myself, Terry, and Ruben, we've put up over 59 million ounces of discovery. Mm-hmm. And everyone always talks about management teams, but it's across those ounces across seven projects, and five of them are in construction or production today. That's the quality of the ounces. And that's what we're doing here is building, adding, de-risking, quality ounces and you, the best mining jurisdiction in the world. Yeah, you, you've, uh, that, that was uh, one of my main attractions uh, when I got involved with this company recently, um, that uh, you're a young guy, but you've certainly accomplished a lot. Um, and um, everywhere that you've gone, like Barkerville and, and prior to that, um, people have made a lot of money. So um, good on you for that. Um, yeah, and plus, you know, it's not bad having Eric Sprott backing you as well. You know, I I, uh, I was lucky. I've known Eric since I was in my early twenties. I actually put the first holes into Cote Lake at the time, which is now Cote Gold, which oh, is now nice. the third third largest gold project. Uh, we actually did it from the Young Shannon, which is now the the Goslin Zone that I'm so to speak discovered but uh right that was the, we put the first hole into into that and and I'm, I'm very blessed with great mentors like eric and tom obanovich and 
uh, Sean Rosen, who paid for my MSc MBA at Queens. So I've been I've been very blessed uh, and been attached to a lot of, of of great projects in my in my career. Nice, nice. So um, you, you've got this company now, and um, the first asset is the uh, the Wildcat. Right. Um, and that one on the books, there's uh, depending on what what gold price you use using fifteen hundred gold, you've got over seven hundred thousand ounces using seventeen hundred gold. You got eight, over eight hundred thousand ounces. Um, and uh, recently, uh, the drilling that you've been doing uh, has uh, produced some very positive results, uh, which I would imagine will upgrade the resources in the pit because you're drilling out um, uh, ounces that are at a higher grade that are in your uh, resource table, as well as uh, getting some broad intersections that, that uh, in, in areas that weren't drilled before, the gap areas, which is also going to, I would imagine, broaden the pit and also keep the strip ratio extremely low. Um, what, what, what would you like to tell us about that asset in general, like how the drill pond's going, what, how many meters are left, and what, did it, what is it that you're looking for before you launch the next drill program to expand this beyond a million, million and a half ounces of oxide? Yeah, so I'll, I'll talk on, on Mountain View, which we're drilling right now. Okay. Uh, and then I'll chat with, I'll do Wildcat. And for everyone out there, think about them as a combined project. And what what we'll do is each one will have its own pits, pads, ponds. Mm. But from Mountain View, you would truck the loaded carbon, right. basically in vats, to Wildcat, and you'd have a centralized stripping facility, and then you'd pour your dory there. Okay, we do this at we do this at we did this at Mineral Alamos uh, mm. in Mexico with Santana Project. We would actually truck the loaded carbon to Metals Research in Idaho. So. We're, using things that are I've seen in the past to, to lower the, the, the capex. Mm-hmm. So Mountain View, for example, right now, it's sitting at 476,000 ounces uh, at 0.57 and, you know, two and change strip. Uh, what happened before is it, 90% of the block bottle was done with RC. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you're in the basin close to the, to, to the, to the, to the to water table is when you're using RC or using a lot of water and the water discharges from the face of the, of the, of the hammer. Uh, and what happens is, is that when you use too high water pressure, the hole's making a lot of water, you flush out all of the fines and the free gold. Right. Drilling RC is half the price. That's right. why companies do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But in order to have a good geological model, uh, so you can have a quality resource, so that you don't run into issues when you're mining, you need to have a lot more core done. Yeah. So we, we are very pragmatic, systematic about the way we do things. So all of our holes at Mountain View are PQ, HQ oriented core. So we can mitigate against all these issues that happen and we can use it for geotech and, and network and all that. And what we've seen doc is that the grade is 33 to 55 percent higher than expected in the block model because we're not flushing all the points oh wow so just just on that alone we're seeing uh, a significant increase the other thing we're seeing is is that the grade is getting higher when we get uh at, at depth it's getting higher when we go into the basin um so the program was designed designed to see where it's obviously closed off, 
Uh, see what the resource conversion rate, because that's very important to get it from inferred to indicated, to see what that conversion rate is. And see what's, uh, what's feeding the system. So the, the way you, everyone should think about low solvidation epithermals is, is, is almost like a mushroom. And the fluids migrate up vertically up the stem. And then you hit a permeable cap, which is this, which is the pit basically. Mm-hmm. You get this nice disseminated oxide zone, but no one has ever really drilled the, the bonanza zone. Right. And commonly when the cap is left on, you get about 250, 500 meters. So you have this beautiful oxide open pit that we will, you know, there's clear visibility north of 700 from 470 sticks. And then this plumbing system, you know, we just intersected it and I'm talking almost a meter of 141 grams. So it's, it, you see this, it's very common to see this in the Sierra Massif and the Sierra Madre mm-hmm. uh, in, those, uh, in those epithermal belts. So Wildcat is, again, it meets all of our criterias. The other thing too is that the oxidation profile is extremely deep. Uh, over 300 meters. This oxides in a rhinomine bottle, uh, bottle roll and column are around 83-85%. The sulfides, as I mentioned, are very important. They're not refractory. They leach around 35-55% to 55% in a coarse bottle roll mm-hmm. in a 20-day column. So if you grind it down to a quarter inch, leave it in the column for another 20 days, you'll get those up to around 55 on, on the sulfides. So that's yeah. very important. Yeah, and the sulfides and then, tend to be a, a much higher grade once you get into the sulfides compared yeah. to the oxides, right? right. So, so, right. so, um, and you're talking about throwing that on, on the pad, which is extremely low cap X. So even sulfides that are, uh, you know, three grams, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to get almost two grams gold from that, which is, more than four times the oxide grade, right? Exactly. And, and it's it's the capex is already sunk. You've already built the pads and all that, and it's been paid for by the by 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 the um, the oxide. So it's it's extremely low cost ounces to produce. Exactly. So so at Mountain View, because you because you're doing core now, you're getting an upgrade of about over thirty percent. Just doing a little math on that, going from the um, the grade that that's in the table, just using the RC to figure that out, that would upgrade this to, um, oh, about 0.75 uh, grams per ton, which would put you uh, in the same grade as the Motherlode, Relief Canyon, Gold Bar, uh, Railroad Pinion, uh, but your strip ratio would be uh, 50% to 30% lower, which would actually make this a lot more economic than those. Yeah, so the, the best thing about these projects, and, and you hit the nail on the head there, Doc, is that grade is not always king, as you, as you described, and it yeah. comes down to margin. Yeah. And when you use Wildcat and Mountain View, because you have to think about it as the same project, right. we have the highest effective grade, so grade divided by strip to get the real grade, yeah. we always have to do. Yeah. We have the highest effective open pit oxide project in the best mining jurisdiction in the world. Yeah. And we're increasing the grade. Yeah. We're increasing the ounces. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that's what kind of people miss. It, it, it's very simple. You know, I always give, I like giving what is the base case. Mm-hmm. What if I don't do anything from here? That's your worst case scenario. Yeah. And that's what I can promise investors is 
this is the worst and everything else past this is your blue sky and your free carry. So when you're doing 1.2 million ounces with pretty much no strip, so your effective rate is 0.45, you're really looking at $30 a time in situ rock. And my OPEX is $8. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go show me another higher margin business. There's not many out there. Yeah, you're looking uh, at over a 70% margin. Exactly. And, you know, from a CapEx perspective, the, the two projects would be, you know, around 120 million bucks for both of them. Yeah. So, you know, there's not many things that are going to push over 110,000 ounces per annum in Nevada. And if you go on that slide where, where I show you the, the grade to strip ratio, yeah. when you go down all of those assets, literally the only two, well, Hasbrook is, is 70% owned by Sun Valley. GSV is worth 250 million bucks. And then every single one on that list has been taken out. Yeah. Because people know that these are such a high margin uh, style of projects. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're, and they're very quick to build compared to to uh, their 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 other peers. Um, yeah, and uh, just for context for those listening, so you have a company that has a, a market cap of uh, seventy million Canadian, over twenty about twenty one million in cash. So you've got an enterprise value of fifty million, which works out to about thirty. 36 million US. Uh, so you're basically, you have a company that currently could go right into a feasibility study after, you know, doing some drilling to, to bring the inferred into, uh, uh, into a resource, uh, which is being core drilled, which is finding that the grade as outperforming by at least 30%. Uh, and those ounces currently Without the upgrades and all that, you're paying about $32 US an ounce with no risk of further dilution in the near term because they got over $21 million in cash. They don't have an overhang of warrants. Um, I think, well, uh, obviously this is what I do best. I find things before everyone else. Um, is that it, it's new and uh, people didn't notice when it went public because of COVID and, and whatnot. And there, there has been an artificial overhang from Waterton, who you got the properties from. They took a bunch of stock and, and they have uh, been r- rationalizing their own portfolio of holdings. Um, but those shares have not been dumped on the public market. They have to cross the market, but they're, uh, they're placed with individuals and, and, and uh, institutions and then they just get marked to the market and all that. And I think people misunderstand that, um, which it's starting to rectify itself. And it's offered this great opportunity for individuals such as myself to be able to come in and basically buy a, a nice chunk of this company at, at what I feel is a vast discount to just fair value as is before all this upgrading. Um, uh, do you think that's a reasonable thesis that I have? <laughs> you're, you're, you're exactly right. You know, there's an artificial overhang uh, with, with, with Waterton and, and, you know, they, I placed those blocks with Bestcore, which is a $20 billion pension fund in Halifax. Yeah. I put it with Franklin Templeton, which is the third largest gold fund in the United States. So yeah. that Waterton cannot sell any stock until May, 2022, when that block is already spoken for. So I'm very proactive mm. about making sure that never comes into the market. Yes. Uh, 
And, and you know, you're exactly right on an EV ounce basis, you're around $32 on an EV ounce basis. In Nevada, average rating on an EV ounce basis for quality ounces are around 75. Average acquisition cost is around 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have a significant rating opportunity as we de-risk and, and, and add ounces. And, you know, we didn't touch on, on Wildcat, you know. Yeah. Wildcat just literally comes right to the surface. Uh, the best thing is, is that um, there's a little gap in the middle of the, of the, of the block model. And why the gap is there is because it's covered by a thin layer of post-mineral basalts. And then right underneath it, there's a bunch of holes that are, you know, 50 meters of half a gram type of stuff, oxide. But there wasn't enough uh, pierce points to connect the, the block model. Right, right. So you're looking at, you know, Wildcat alone, you know, you're 2.3 kilometers by 1.2 kilometers by 150 meters. Uh, you use 2.7 for density. Okay. Say 60% of that is, is mineralized, which is, is conservative. Uh, you're looking at over 225 million tons at 0.4. Mm-hmm. We currently sit at 62 million tons. So you can see how these things can, you know, it takes time to drill these off. So I'm not saying it's going to happen in the next resource. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the next resource, I can say it's going to be one and a half to two oxide. Mm-hmm. Um, but from that resource, it can significantly grow. Um, and, 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 and we can significantly de-risk it over the next kind of 12 to 24 months. And you're, cash, and I, you're cashed up to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we can do the 20,000 meters of drilling. We can do the resource updates for Wildcat Mountain View. We can do the PEA in the third quarter. And commonly, you know, you can look at the research reports that I sent you. So, you know, what they model and how they get their target price is basically 60% of the total map. And that's what really on a PEA, that's usually what you get, yeah. uh, especially for in, in, in Nevada. And the difference between us and, and most kind of companies with PEAs and, or, or even feasibilities is that, you know, you don't usually get a rating, re-rating on some of these things because you're a $100 million company with a half a billion or a billion dollar capex sitting over your head. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why you don't get a re-rate. But, you know, a $100 million company with a $100 million capex, uh, those ones get a re-rate. And, yeah. you know, that are that are real quality ounces uh, that you commonly don't see anymore. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the margins are tremendous. You're looking at over 70%. And that's, you know, and that's before upgrading. So... Exactly. Um, yeah, it, it's such a wonderful opportunity, I think, um, based on all these things. Um, so, yeah, that's, so that's Mountain View, Mountain View uh, Wildcat. Um, oh, recently, uh, when drilling at Mountain View, you, you, uh, you look, because of the, um, uh, you hit the boundary there and uh, you're able to possibly steepen the pit walls now uh, in, in the next design uh, just to the, uh, I think it was to the West. Is that right? Yeah. yeah so the, yeah, the, all these holes, like I, I, I've done this a lot of times in my life. And, and one of the things that it drove me nuts is that, 
engineers sit in one silo and geologists sit in one silo and corporate sits in one silo and it drove me nuts. And I've sat in every one of those silos. So rip them down. So all of our exploration holes are also our engineering holes. Yeah. We can do the pit wall designs and we can see how competent the rock is. So the ones on the Eastern margin, they really have good rock mechanics, so you could probably steepen the, the pit wall. So there's an opportunity to even lower the strip ratio Correct. further. Yeah. And, and on Mountain View, it's the thing that, that, that creates the strip is basically the sand and gravel that sits on top of the ore body. So conventionally, your strip would be drill and blast, and it would cost yeah. you a dollars a ton. We're at Mountain View, it's just sand and gravel, so alluvium, and you wouldn't be drilling and blasting it. You'd be digging it out with a hoe or a dozer. So your actual mining costs for the strip wouldn't be $2, it would be a dollar. Yeah. So it's an artificial high strip um, because it's not actual rock. Yeah. So that's an, that's another thing that will, that plays into 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 the economics. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I I hope uh, people listening to this will will start to take more of an interest in in understanding the difference in, in that not all ounces are created equal. It's uh, so a saying that I have. They're really not. They're really not. Um, yeah, it's very exciting. And you also have have a couple other properties as well. Um, uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with Wildcat or? Um, I, I think, you know, you, you, we've talked about it. it. It just comes down to, you know, there's 1.2 there is the highest open pit oxide project in Nevada that is getting upgraded with grade. The ounces will be converting to indicated. We'll see clear visibility to a million and a half, in between a million and a half and two. Uh, and then the rest of the portfolio, the way we build it is, Exploration is a risky business. And of the next five assets in the portfolio, I'll be lucky to get one to make it. And that's the reality. Okay? Right. So that's why yeah. there's so many of them. Yeah. Um, and what we do is we have a hypothesis. We, we use the drill bit to test it. If it's there, great. Then we have to, once we test the number one target, we then have to step out outside to say, okay, the next target does this give me the size and the geometry to get me to a million ounces? Before, you know, unlike most companies, they have one target and then they start pinpricking that zone and they put $10 million into the, the, the project mm -hmm. and it's never going to be over half a million ounces. So they're completely wasting money to, to market. So they have market holes. So, you know, they can show great intercepts. So but Red the, Canyon, for example. But but, but the, those management teams do get to collect a salary for a number of years. That's Yeah, well, the, the number know. one job as a geologist and, and as an exploration geologist is to understand how much capital to allocate and to try and kill the project. And if yeah. you can't kill it, then that's great. Then you have a nice ore body. And, and at Red Canyon, you know, we have a nice target, a beautiful target, you know, it's in the Wenban formation, which is the most productive horizon in, in, in Carlin and Cortez uh, uh, trend. It's 35 kilometers south of the Cortez complex in the exact same rocks on the same fault system. And the key mineralizing event is you need it 
around 35, 32 million years. That's the, that's the mineralizing event. And we actually just dated the intrusion and it's exactly at 32. So, you know, you have the intercepts that I, I don't think the market even realized that, you know, you have intercepts of 54 meters. Yeah. Four and a half gram oxide from surface. That's incredible. You know, to put it in perspective, the average rate of the Great Basin is 0.38. Yeah. So what we're doing in the first quarter of next year is it's the second phase of drilling. Mm -hmm. We're stepping out a kilometer and a half to the next window into the lower plate, the wind bed formation. Yeah. So that I know if I hit there, then this thing is real. Then I have a kilometer and a half of, you know, 22 to 54 meters. But if I don't and I miss it, that's 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 the nature of this business. Right. And then at least I know I put in $3 million. I'm not going to waste any more money because the reality is it's only going to be 300 to 500,000 ounces. Hmm. And the beauty of it is, is I can literally see Tonkin and Goldbar, which is McEwen's project. There. Yeah. They need feed. They need quality, high-grade feed. We actually yeah. share the mine road. Right. Um, so, you know, there's a natural buyer for that three to 500,000 ounces. Yeah. But I'm not going to get any more capital. Yeah. But before I do that, I want to make sure I don't look stupid. Uh, I want to drill the the, the, the the target a kilometer and a half away to see if it's going to meet my threshold. And if yeah. it doesn't, hey, that's... That's the reality of this business. Yeah. Uh, and then we just don't allocate any more capital. And then, you know, the rest of them, like Dune, Eden, Mar, Oslo, I think what you're going to see a lot of discoveries uh, in, in Nevada. You know, Nevada is the fifth largest gold producer in the world, if it was a country. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the work has been done on these main trends. And part of our model was, was when we were doing a lot of due diligence, everyone had the kind of the same exploration model. You have a nice alteration signature in your upper plate and, you know, we're going to drill through the upper plate and then the lower plate is going to be mineralized. That's exactly how junior companies go. Hmm. That's big company stuff and we can't afford it. Yeah, yeah. So okay. when we saw a lot of value is looking in, into the epithermal belts where there's a, a cover, so they're blind targets, so to speak, yeah. like Mountain View. You know, we're lucky with Wildcat because it's right there. Hmm. Um, but those projects are are really phase one target generation work that we would bring to a drill stage in, you know, 2023. Mm -hmm. And like I said, if I could get one of those of the five to, you know, a million ounce kind of resource, then I'm winning. And, uh, you know, it's like investors out there, you... You know, as a as a guy who's running a portfolio of, of assets, I don't just have one. You know, an investor just doesn't have one asset, one investment. You have multiple, yeah. so you can, you know, <clears throat> mitigate your risk in a risky business. And that's why Eric has two hundred companies, yeah, because he knows probably ten are going to make it. And just like here, we have seven. I know two have already made it, and I hope to get another one. But it yeah. takes time. Uh, and we had to be very systematic and pragmatic about how we allocate capital uh, to be cognizant of, of dilution and making sure that it hits our, our, our key thresholds for, for, for our, our, our business model. So, so um, a year from now, you've got um, Mountain View and Wildcat, and let's say they're over 2 million ounces or 2 million ounces. And uh, in the end, uh, do you want to build a 
build a mine here? Like at such low capex, it's something you could do or bring someone else in? Or, or, or do, you, do you think that, well, considering they're the, well, the highest margin, highest grade, you'll probably be bought out. But, but you yourself, what, what, what is it you see um, you, you would like to do with this? Um, would you like to bundle it up and sell it like Barkerville? Or um, do you want to build a mine? Listen, I talk, it, it, it gets me frustrated that, you know, a lot of junior companies out there say, oh, we're going to drill this off and we're going to do a resource and a PEA and then we're going to sell it. That is not in your control. And that's not yeah. how you build a business. My job is to de-risk assets, put them in the permitting pipeline as fast as humanly possible. So your production profile is as is, is early as possible. And I would love to build these. These are, these are company making projects because of the margin and how much after tax free cash flow they spend out. That being said is I, as the largest shareholder and the CEO, I can't sell stock and I'm in the business of making money for my shareholders and for, and for myself to be frank. Um, so like you mentioned, you know, these are the highest grade open pit oxide ounces in Nevada. I highly doubt I would be get the opportunity to do that, to build them, as you mentioned. Yeah. But that's what we're doing and making sure that all of the key work to get the permit, you know, the big thing in Nevada, and people don't forget, is the humidity cell testing. Uh, that takes 80 to 120 weeks, and you need that for your actual mine permit. Right. So we're doing all the HCT work now with the exploration holes so that I have the humidity cell testing, so that in when I put out the PEA in the, at the end of the third quarter, I can actually start the mining pump. Nice. And that's that's where you, you know, you that's what the majors look for is making sure that all the the, the right stuff and all of the the key kind of bottlenecks are addressed right away. Uh, and because I, I've done this, you know, four times now. I, I know where those are, and I address them immediately, uh, so that there's a clear visibility to to a permit, mm. um, and that we can build these our, our, ourselves. But that, like I said, you know, we go through that list that we ta- we talked about the grade divided by strip ratio. And yeah, really. Other than Hasbrook, which is seventy percent Sun Valley, GSV, which is two hundred fifty million dollar market cap, everything everything else on that list recently has been taken out yeah. so yeah, that's that's the reality but i'm i'm completely it's in our technical and financial capacity to do it ourselves good answer thank you yeah yeah uh it's such a pleasure it's a pleasure to talk to you i would heard a lot about uh about you from our uh, mutual acquaintance that we have um uh one of your key shareholders and yeah i more than exceeded my expectations as as a as as a geologist and CEO. It's uh, it's a real pleasure and um, yeah yeah. This is thank you very thank you very much for doing this. I, I I really appreciate it and and thank you to to all your followers out there. This is this is really great. Yeah yeah, we're looking forward. So uh, near term, what's the news flow look like? What 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 are your expectations in the next uh, you know eight weeks or? So consistent news flow from the drill bit. So drill, drill bit story for you know, right into 2022. I try and get them out every month okay. to keep consistent news flow. 
then the updated resource for Wildcat and Mountain View. Okay. And then at the end of the second quarter, then the PEA at the end of the third quarter. And from a news flow on the drill bit, it'll be Mountain View, Red Canyon, Wildcat, and then probably Mountain View again. Okay. So you'll have consistent drilling from all three of those projects right through the 2022 season. And then uh, at the end, that'll really wrap this up. Uh, and it's a really robust PEA. Like I mentioned, all of the geotech is done, the, the humidity cell, the mat, everything is, is, is being done with, into that PEA. So it's a, almost like, like a PFS level PEA that I could use for the permit. So that, that's, that's the real major ones is, is, is that one at the end of the third quarter. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, how about, um, if, if you're, uh, not busy or whatnot in a, in a month or two, why don't we do another update after there's some more data out that, that, uh, I can model and, and, and those following can model and we'll keep, keep the market updated because, uh, I think this is, uh, yeah, one, one of the best gold stories, uh, that I found. I, I, I'd, uh, I had shied away from, I'd pulled pretty much all my investments out of the United States, except for Nevada. You know, just because of the political climate and how hard permitting is and whatnot, but Nevada is is its own country in a sense. It's uh, um, so I, I think, um, yeah, yeah, it's very well, that exciting. Sounds, that sounds great. Well, like I said, I, uh, I I was actually talking to our mutual friend, and so he, he's he's like, "Is that cash number real?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "So you're not actually calling me for money?" I said, "No." I said, I'm calling you to give you an update. He goes, oh, my God, I haven't had one of these calls in two months. <laughs> um, I, to get it out there, I guess I would like to, to give you an update, you know, in your audience about once a month or every other month. Sure, uh, sure. I kind of do, I'm very proactive with that and, yeah, and with all of my, with all of our, our, our shareholders. So. Yeah, uh, uh, I as well, like, um, just for those who are listening, no one pays me to do this. I don't have any financial relationship with the company. Um, the only relationship I have is I'm a shareholder. Uh, and uh, those who follow me know that uh, I enjoy putting my due diligence out to the <clears throat> to the public forums to help educate people. So they become better investors. We have smarter investors. We'll have better companies. And these lifestyle companies uh, will not exist and capital won't be destroyed. It's everyone's best in- interest to have an, uh, a very efficient um, capital markets as well as um, uh, companies that 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 aren't destroyers of capital. Too many people um, have fallen prey to that. So um, yeah, that I look forward to that. I look forward to keeping up to date. Um, I'm I'm an investor, not a trader, so I, I'll be with this story for a while. Uh, looking forward to uh, uh, next year and all the things that that you will accomplish. Um, thank you for your time. It's been a real pleasure meeting you. Thank you very much and a pleasure meeting you as well.